I think community, particularly in grief, eating mm -hmm. disorder, recovery, sobriety, community is the last piece of healing. Hi, welcome to the Death of My, the podcast. Before we get started, today's episode is sponsored by Newsly. For the first time in the history of the internet, the web becomes listenable. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. Browse and listen to articles from topics such as entertainment, sports, and business. Stop scrolling and start listening. They have podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 40 countries. Our podcast, The Death of My, is on there too. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in the description and use promo code DEATH2021 and receive a one-month free Newsly premium. Unlimited listening, unlimited skips, ads-free audio. That's Newsly, N-E-W-S-L-Y dot M-E. Use promo code DEATH2021 for one-month free Newsly premium. Hi, it's your dad. Just call me to say hi. Check it up and see how you're doing. I hope all is well. Everything's pretty much the same here. I'm doing okay. I love you. If you don't mind just starting with your name, where you live, who you are, what you do, all the good stuff. Um, so my name is Skylar Harrison, and I live in Santa Monica, California. Um, and I run an Instagram account called No Crying and Cooking, which basically I write about um, my body image journey, my grief journey, and my sobriety journey, which... Um, they they actually all really tie into my grief, like any of my body struggles um, or addiction struggles are directly related to my grief. Um, and then I also have a much lighter uh, <laughs> brand called Bob's Credits, which is a Bob's Burgers podcast. I don't know if you watch that show. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's a great show. If, if uh, anyone out there doesn't watch it yet, it's like a warm blanket. Um and then in terms of just who, what's important to me um, as a human is I'm a writer, I'm a dog mom, and hopefully um, a good friend to my friends and a good partner to my fiance. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I kind of start all of these off with the same question, and that is who died? Um, so my dad died, like you. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the <laughs> Dead Dads Club. Uh, yep. If you wouldn't mind, I know it was a while ago, right? Yeah, um, I think, well, no, I know. Um, it was 20 years this year. Is that so wild? It's unbelievable. I had someone on my Instagram comment, she said, I've been living like 20 years past my father or no, no, no. She said, I've been living longer than I've known my dad. Mm. Um, and now that's true for me too. So he died when I was 11 
And I'm 31. So I've lived the majority of my life without him. Yeah. Which is really hard. Yeah. Would you mind um, kind of taking us back? I mean, 11 is, I mean, it's awful at any age, but like, that's definitely the worst time, right? Is that (laughs) early? Yeah. I think it's so funny. Like when I see, like when I meet people who lose their parents at like your age, um, part of me can't imagine what that would be like because you're an adult and like, you kind of know what that means. Mm. Um, at 11, while I think it really kind of messes with your development, um, I was just in survival mode. You mm. know, I don't, I don't know that I grieved anything like you. I just, I have a lot of black spots where I don't have a lot of memory. I think my body was just trying um, to survive because like, it's just wild. Like your best friend is there one day and then they're dying and then they're not there. Yeah. yeah. If you wouldn't mind talking about kind of what happened and where you were when you found out kind of all that. Yeah. So um, my dad passed away from uh, tongue and throat cancer and it was kind of a classic cancer story of this thing's going on and um, he's having radiation and then everything's fine. And then um, he was hiding a bump in his neck. He was in denial about the cancer returning. And then when it came back, he, um, it was brutal. He was, he was dying and the cancer was eating his throat and we couldn't really talk and the pain was so severe. Um, and I, I remember being in the hospital a little bit, he got surgery on his neck, but what I remember most is, um, my parents were divorced, um, at this point, I remember having to go over to his house and seeing his head wrapped like a mummy, like my, my athletic, vivacious, (laughs) fun dad, just like lying there like a mummy. Um, and Um, so the last time I saw him, he kind of asked us to stay a few minutes longer. Um, and so I'm 11 years old at this point. And so we kind of held hands, um, and we did not know how long he had at all. We had no information. And when I left and my mom was like locking up his house, there was this huge terracotta pot of these like yellow flowers Mm -hmm. and I just remember looking at them and this like wave of intuition said you know that's the last time you're gonna see your dad and I was like yeah I know um and then um we got the call a few a few days later I we had this like feng shui lady at our house like I think my mom was like always like it was a way she could like control how much pain we were in is like maybe reorganizing our house or something, but it was a weird stranger in our house. And I remember um, I was in the kitchen and I heard my mom just like scream when she picked up the phone and I knew exactly what that meant. Um, and flash forward, 
we don't know if this is the case or not, but my mom and I suspect that he overdosed um, because the pain was just too much. Too much? Yeah. At 11 years old, do you have siblings? No, I'm an only child. Me too. Okay, great. No way. So it's like this added, there's no one else to really turn to. <laughs> no. Yeah. Now, um, did you feel like you had to take care of your mom or be a caretaker in a sense? Not really. My, I feel like the situation was a little bit different because they've been divorced like my whole life. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And um, weird things got in the way that mm -hmm. I just kind of had to separate myself for a minute. Because um, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. there's just a lot of like loose ends that weren't taken care of and that the responsibility was like put on me as like the only person and wow. um so no definitely not the caretaker but, yeah but like I can imagine like um that's another thing when you're so young when you die you don't have to worry about funeral plans you don't have to worry about hospital bills like yeah. all this crazy stuff that you're too young to be dealing with 100%. um I feel like siblings would have really helped helped for sure but yeah. What are we going to do? <laughs> right. <laughs> so fast forward, you are then entering middle school, high school. What, what was it like being the girl? With the dead dad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. Cause I remember those people stood out like they, it was very much a part yes. of their story and they're. Yeah, it, it's true. I very much felt alone and labeled myself that way. And they probably labeled myself that way too. The day after my dad died, my mom asked me, she said, you don't have to go to school. And I said, I want to. And I went and sat at this like three top, like assigned seating. And they're like, oh my God, what's wrong? Because I must have been pale or who knows. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't say it. I couldn't say what happened. So I like pointed to a piece of paper and they slid it over and I wrote, my dad's dead. Mm. And I just remember their look on their faces. Like um, it's out of child children's realm. Um, and it became such an isolating experience in middle school and high school um, because we didn't have social media. I knew no one who had lost a parent, um, maybe whispers, you know, in high school. Um, but it's so isolating. And then um, I remember at a middle school dance, um, it was our graduation. Sorry, it was our graduation. Um, and so all the parents were there and it was like, it's time to celebrate the dads. Mm. And each dad got these like St. Alquin hats. That was the name of my school. Oh my God. I mm. say like, that's the moment I learned how to hate. I hated that these girls got their fathers and it was this realization like, oh, my life is going to be filled with these moments now. Um, who's going to walk me down the aisle? Um, uh, yeah. So, um, and then in high school, um, I really, my solution right after I lost my dad, I started dancing again. Um, but there was a new, uh, 
teacher from the Royal Ballet and she was like very fancy and professional. And I decided at age 11 or 12, I'm going to become a professional ballet dancer. Mm -hmm. So how I handled my grief is I just set my sights on this life goal that would not let any of my feelings enter. I shut off my dad. I, I moved on. I didn't think I needed to remember him. Um, and some of that's complicated because he had addiction issues. Um, so I was mad at him. Um, and that's, I did not want to feel any of my feelings. And that's really when my eating disorders began and my obsession with thinness. Would you mind talking a little bit about that and kind of what happened and how the grief all played into that? Absolutely. And, you know, I'm only now in the past five years understanding. Well, actually, it's interesting. I don't know if you're familiar with um, Claire Bidwell Smith. Um, Mm -hmm. She's written, um, she's fabulous. She's written a memoir on grief. She has a book, um, Anxiety, The Missing Stage of Grief. Um, She's wonderful, but had a meeting with her and, and she said to me, this is like four years ago, she said, I think you would have always had an eating disorder, even if you weren't in ballet. And that was like, my mind was blown mm. um, because that's when I like, oh, grief is so powerful that I needed this coping mechanism that gave me control. So that's really when I started like understanding the two connected. Um, mm. So eating disorders, Um, basically what would happen is I would starve myself and then, um, binge eat, um, binge eat in secret. I would steal food from school, this like release after not having eaten. Um, and really when you become so obsessed with food and like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be perfect. Oh my God, I'm bad. This like crazy shame cycle, and obsession of your body, you have no room to, to let any other feelings in. And Mm -hmm. it, it makes you feel so safe. Um, and grief and loss are not safe things. Um, and, um, yeah. And I had an eating disorder therapist. She said, you know, I hope you're grateful for your eating disorder and, um, your drinking. And I was like, what are you, you're crazy. <laughs> like you're crazy. And she was like, you needed those to survive. Um, and you needed those coping skills. Now I don't, I have my voice. I can feel my feelings. I have my coping tools, but, um, I very much needed that stability. Um, Do I wish I didn't have an eating disorder? Of course, Um, but it kept me really safe after having this like crazy rug pulled out from underneath me. Yeah, I couldn't imagine, right? Just everything, your life flipped upside down and then just, it's crazy. So so. It is, (laughs) it is. (laughs) What was the flip? Like what was the change to where you are now, um, Mm. whether it's overcoming that day by day and also pursuing this social media. Because to to me, that's what I've seen. I don't know if we've talked about it yet. So maybe just share a little bit about that and then what it is that you're doing and helping and 
Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll start with your first question. Like, where was the flip? Yeah. Um, I, so I went on to become a professional ballet dancer. I was so miserable. I was so depressed. Yeah. Um, and I think when you lose someone, um, a grief therapist also told me this, like children really can't grieve in the way that adults do. So it hit me very, very hard in my early twenties. So I'd given mm. up ballet um, and I'd replaced kind of this eating disorder with drinking, which was definitely passed down to me from my dad. <laughs> um, and I definitely hit so many different rock bottoms and I had a therapist who helped me got, get sober. Um, and when I got sober, I was then able to face my dad's, the loss of my dad. And I was able to grieve for the first time. And mm -hmm. I started writing about him and writing letters to him. I saw a, a medium and because I was so mad at him about his addiction that I was just like, you know, F you, I don't miss you. Um, but I got to let in my anger and how much I miss him and that I miss that I didn't get to understand him through adult eyes and that I don't have someone to call about taxes or like whatever. So, um, in getting sober, I got to grieve, um, which is really how we heal. Um, and then through that, I realized I needed to heal my relationship with my body and my food with body and food. Um, and that's when I started my Instagram, um, because I know so many people struggle with it and I wanted to not be an expert, but just walk through this with other people. Yeah. I love um, yeah. Same thing. I, yeah, I, I've been told like, you should go into therapy and it's like, well, no, actually I don't necessarily want to be a therapist because that's a lot of school. Um, yeah. But I can just kind of be here and listen, you know? Um, so I get it. It's kind of like walking the walk and, yeah. Yeah. And I think like, to your point, I think community, particularly in grief, eating mm -hmm. disorder, recovery, sobriety, community is the last piece of healing mm -hmm. and giving back to, you know? Yeah. So community is powerful. I, um, I'm curious. So while you were going through all this stuff, before kind of like where you are now today, how, did you see your relationship with your mom change at all? Or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I definitely developed some codependency issues um, mm. when my dad passed away and I self-silenced and didn't really speak of my own pain or my own needs because I didn't want my mom to be sad. I just wanted to take care of my mom. Mm. Um, and so I played, which I think is a very female thing. Keep the waters calm, um, serve other people, like neglect yourself, mm. um, which also plays into eating disorders. So uh, eating disorders are self-silencing diseases. If you're not able to speak your truth, your needs, your wants, you don't feel safe, 
to do that, you know, you really go inward with the restricting and stuff like that. Um, so in, I'll just, I'll just call it sobriety. Cause to me, like healing my relationship with food and everything is, is sobriety because sobriety to me is being present in this moment mm. without any numbing mechanism. Um, oh gosh, I've, uh, okay. So in this whole recovery journey, I then really had to speak my truth to my mom. Why didn't you see that I had an eating disorder? Mm -hmm. Why do you get upset when we talk about dad? I need to have this conversation. Um, and they were really, really hard conversations. Um, but just the other night I called my mom up and I said, I need to understand dad's death a little bit more. Was he on hospice? Did you know he was going to die? I, I need to understand his last moments more. And um, we were able to like really talk about it um, and had this like beautiful conversation. So um, yeah, our relationship has changed a lot for the better. That's awesome. What are your thoughts or like, how do you feel today about your grief? Like, where are you mm -hmm. at in your feelings now? Mm -hmm. So I will say I am the happiest I've ever been in my life. I have a very happy life. Um, but I miss my dad more than ever. Mm -hmm. Not in a crippling way. Um, yes, it's very painful sometimes. Um but I think part of healing is acknowledging that this will be a wound that you carry forever and that there's good information in your pain and the pain means you miss them. And um, yeah, so I also find like there's different phases of grief, like 20 years is a long time. I'm like, okay, I'm like, there's no new thought I could ever have <laughs> about this. Yeah. Um, but then something will come up. And just the other day, I was really mourning. I read this amazing book called That Good Night. It's all about um, end of life care. Um, and I just got so sad because I wanted to go back in time and be an adult and like care for my father as he died. Yeah. and love him and be able to understand what death is and have the conversations we needed to have. Um, you know, so there's always new angles that I'm like, Oh, I missed out on that. And that's always going to be hard. Um, but you know, I know grief never ends, but I, I do believe in healing, which I think is maybe like, um, you know, I'm not sure every person in the grief community would say that, but I, I believe in healing. And I also believe that understanding death going through loss helps us live much richer lives. Mm. Yeah. I just like, I just love that even 20 years later, like you're still not only like going like actively like working on yourself and working with the grief, but also you've created a platform that are also helping people and reaching out to people. And would you mind talking a little bit about that? Like, what is it that you're posting and what is the response that you've been getting? 
Yeah. So, um, like I said earlier, um, it really started, um, with like anti-diet writing and intuitive eating, which is the recovery, um, model that I use. Um, I would recommend like, if you've ever felt stress around your body or food, I, I cannot recommend this book enough. It, it changed my life. I became, I became free from dieting and food guilt and all this stuff. So it started there. Um, but then I, you know, I realized how much my grief was linked to my body. And, um, so then I really started posting about my grief more. Um, and I actually found that there's a lot of people out there who kind of have these overlapping journeys of loss and disordered eating or dieting or perfectionism. Um, and, and that they're, um, using that as a way to cope with their loss. So if you come to my Instagram and, um, learn to have a little bit more self-compassion for yourself and your body and your loss, like then I've done my job, um, because it's really hard to untangle these things. Um, and I just, I just, want us all to be free <laughs> and to heal. <laughs> so yeah. do you, do you feel like you're almost paving the way? I mean, I've talked to a lot of people and I haven't heard very much about these two kind of overlapping mm -hmm. each other. Is mm -hmm. there someone out there that's doing this like research or is it like, are you the one that's figuring this stuff out? I mean, I don't know. I think there's a bunch of research about, um, trauma and eating disorders. Um, but I definitely actually haven't seen any accounts that really link, um, eating and dieting with loss, but it's interesting. Like I actually see it. And I'm also like, not a science, like I'm a feelings person. I'm not like a research <laughs> science person. Yeah. Um, but I really see like, it's, it's, everything's the same thing to me. Like, Drinking is the same as an eating disorder, is the same as a shopping addiction, is the same as chasing unavailable people in relationships. Like, mm -hmm. um, I, when we let go of our coping mechanisms and, and learn to live in our bodies again, that is healing to me, mm -hmm. which can be very scary. I don't know if you've read The Body Keeps Score, yeah. but our grief lives in our body. Like sometimes I'll get back pain when I'm having like, you know, grief flare ups or, um, you know, it really lives in our body. So it can be very scary to come back to our body and just sit and be still and not be afraid of our feelings. But, um, I actually just started somatic therapy about a year ago and it's all about coming back to your body and releasing your emotions. And mm. the one thing I've learned is that emotions aren't permanent. We, we fear our feelings because we're like, well, what if I'm stuck in this state of, of pain forever? But when we feel our feelings, they actually discharge and go away. Um, yeah, that was like such a long ramble. I'm so sorry. No, I love about it. That. No, please keep <laughs> sharing. Absolutely. I um 
I think it helps and and just giving people space to like share is the most powerful thing because I just that's all the response I ever get is like thank you for so having so and so on because they shared this or that and so please by all means oh, that's whatever, so cool. whatever you got <laughs> um do you have a favorite memory with your dad I do I have I have a couple um I will say and I think people who have parents who struggled with addiction, um, I have a lot of really intense memories with my dad and, and memories that are like kind of steeped in trauma. They stick, they're so big. They take up like these ginormous files in my brain. So these wonderful moments with my dad, I kind of, they're like little teeny little files. (laughs) Um, And so I really have to dig for them um, and make space for them. But one of my favorite memories was back when he lived with me and my mom, we would ride our bikes a lot. And it was like a really sunny, beautiful day. And I remember him, um, he was riding on his bicycle in front of me and he stood up on his pedal you know how you can straighten your leg and then mm-hmm. he like put his leg behind him and he was like Skylar it's it's bicycle ballet try it and so I did it too when we were just kind of cruising in this like very free crazy position and that's just like so my dad like he lived life harder than anybody you mm. know yeah that's special and I'm glad you still remember you didn't it didn't lose its memory, didn't block yes. it out. It's special. Yeah. Um, for someone that is listening, let's say they have have recently lost their dad or lost their dad 20 mm-hmm. years ago, but they don't really think about it too much. Like what is something that you'd want to tell them? Um, I wish I had something really profound to say, but I'm going to say um, seek therapy. Mm. Um if that's not accessible to you, um, community groups, going through your grief is the only way. It's the only way. Um, I spent so much of my life hiding from it and it hurt me immensely, (laughs) you know? Um, so it might feel unmanageable, or unfathomable to feel this pain right now, but the only way out is through. And like I said, out isn't like a definitive, like, oh, you're gonna graduate from grief school. That doesn't happen, but we do get more free when we walk through this and we get closer to the people we've lost when we walk through it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say, don't let them go. I mean, let them go. Like we have to let go and, and accept death. Um, but invite them into your lives, you know, write them birthday cards or father's day cards, um, Mm -hmm. write them letters, filling them in, um, on your life and all you've done, cook them their favorite meal. Um, I think it's, it's really powerful. I love that. That's a really good idea. I think um, I haven't written my dad like a, a Father's Day card or a birthday card, but I feel like kind of they'll stick with me for sure. 
let me know how it goes. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually surprised with what comes out. You're like, oh, that's what I needed to tell them. Yeah. I And I'm like pretty, I mean, I like kind of share everything on this podcast. And it's just like, I, I feel like I don't write enough to him. I feel like I talk a lot about him. Oh, you yes. Know? But I don't tackle uh, it head on. So like I, I, mm-hmm. I am, I'm writing this, this children's book and I met with an illustrator yesterday and she was just like mm-hmm. asking, she asked me, um, do you want this, this story to be about you and your dad? So like what's mm-hmm. his favorite snack? What's his favorite mm-hmm. game? Like all this stuff. And all of a sudden I'm like, when you make it about me and make it like personal, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still working on that. You know what I mean? Like I, I, oh. I, I definitely have not anywhere near come close to like fully healing the, the grief. Or, I mean, even coming close to anything, like I'm still in the middle of it, but I yeah. just can't like one, once she like asked me that yesterday, I was just like shocked. Like, I'm like, Oh, clearly there's so much writing I need to do. And there's so much like yes. healing I still need. So we're all on this journey right (laughs) totally I think something that's really interesting because we both have platforms where we kind of um and this isn't a bad thing but like content eyes right our grief and sometimes it's super healing and sometimes it it separates me further from my feelings because I'm like Mm. what should I post today and will this (laughs) post perform well um and yeah I think you know inching closer to your father can only help yeah Hmm. yeah what was his favorite snack oh okay so the snack is the one I couldn't answer or I don't know I can't I mean I I know he liked chips right like Doritos oh maybe I'll just say that Doritos like I just remember when I was a kid like eating Doritos with him but then it was like favorite. I remember we used to play Sorry and Clue, and Aww. he loved superhero movies. Like he took me out of school to go see Daredevil in like or in elementary school when that movie came out. Like he just loved oh my gosh, that's superheroes. amazing. Yeah. So um, yeah, it'll be like little personal things. But thank you so much for doing this and taking time to share, and um, it means a lot. And where can people find you, reach out to you, chat with you? Yes. Um, and please feel free to slide into my DMs or whatever. <laughs> um, on Instagram, it's no crying in cooking. And then if you want something uh, way, way lighter, um, Bob's on Instagram, Bob's credits um, is really fun too. So I would love if you would join me in both places. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Bye.